0: His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. One, two, oh, three, go. All right. Hey, can we thank Joe and the worship team? Thank you guys so much for leading us. And uh, how many of you were not here last night? Oh, wow. It's like we have a whole other group right over here. It's awesome let's welcome them as they joined us <laughs> thanks for joining us mm. do you guys have a good day are you guys full of expectation and expectancy for what god wants to do awesome well let's do this let's uh Actually, before we do anything else, I'm just going to let you all know, We've I've had Anna's book here, I don't know how many times now, but just in case somebody didn't have an opportunity, uh, we only have a few left, uh, we only have like seven here, uh, Anna wrote a book called Embracing Mystery, A 21 Day Journey of Hope, how many of you have read this book, is there anyone here, wow, isn't it good, Anna's a great writer, uh, Ron was just talking about that, but it's also just, it really is just that it's full of hope, and I like to say everywhere I go. Uh, hope is a really big deal in the kingdom of God. And it's one thing to have hope when things are going really, really well around you. It's another thing to have hope when circumstances might be telling you otherwise. How many of you know we need hope even when things aren't going really well around us? So this is available uh, if you want to build your hope. There's just a few left over there. We don't have a credit card square tonight. We will tomorrow morning if you want to get one. Uh, But if you want to pay uh, with check or cash, you can do that tonight. They're $10, and Hannah will help you out over there. It says $13 on there. Just ignore that. They're $10. Sound good? Cool. Well, hey, who wants this one? That that lady right in the blue. Yeah, right there. And I think you're her husband, so you just got it anyway, so. Yeah, there you go. Bless you, there you go. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, you guys doing well? Awesome. Well, hey, just before we jump into what I feel like I'm supposed to share tonight, uh, let's just do this. Let's all stand one more time. And what I want us to do is, I just want us to just fix our affection and fix our focus on the presence of God. So what I want you to do is just put your hands out in front of you, and in your own way, just invite Holy Spirit to increase in this place tonight. Just begin to tell him out loud that you're hungry for more. Father, we say that we're hungry for more of your presence tonight. In your own words, with your own voice, just say, God, we're hungry for more. We ask for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit tonight. God, I ask for refreshing to be released. I ask for even the gift of hunger to be released, God. Father, I pray that we wouldn't just hear information tonight, but that you would release an impartation of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would release activation of spiritual gifts. I ask, God, that you would release a spirit of boldness and a baptism of fire tonight, God, on every person that's here tonight. In Jesus' name, we ask you to increase in the room right now, Holy Spirit, In Jesus name, I'm going to ask you to just put your hand on the person beside you and ask that God would just get them tonight. (laughs) Say, God, Holy Spirit, get them tonight in Jesus name and just pray for them just for a minute. Father, I pray for fresh infilling. I pray, God, for fresh impartation. I pray, God, that you would stir up faith. I pray that you would stir up courage. I pray that you would stir up boldness in the name of Jesus. Lord, On the for the person on our left and the person on our right, we pray that you would just stir it up, stir it up, stir it up in the name of Jesus. Come more powerfully, Holy Spirit. Increase in this place, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we just thank the Lord tonight ahead of time? for what he's going to do. You can go ahead and grab a seat. And uh, I have a word. Uh, I, I had a word for you last night, but then um, I didn't get to share it. But remind me of your name right here. You were singing last night. Haley, can you stand for a minute, Haley? You guys appreciate Haley? Haley, I saw um, on you, I just saw this uh, this gift of compassion that God's given you. You have a gift of compassion for those that are broken, those that are hurting, and I, I saw healing in your hands, and I saw you laying laying hands on the sick and seeing them healed, like it says of Jesus in the Gospels, like he had compassion on them and he healed them, and I see a gift of healing that's on your life that's activated through compassion, but I feel like there's this mercy gift and this gift of compassion that you walk in, and and I don't I don't I don't I'm not saying that this is necessarily um, literal, but I saw you like dressed as a nurse. And I saw you like, it's like you were in a hospital ministering to the hurting and to the sick and to the broken. And I think it's, I think it represents just a gift of compassion, a gift of healing, and even a gift of mercy that's on your life that God's about to take to another level. So let's just stretch our hands toward her. Father, we just activate that gift and we call it forth. Whoa, even to a deeper place right now in the name of Jesus. And Ethan, why don't you stand too? Yeah, Father, we just thank you for Ethan. We thank you for this power couple. I thank you that one can put a thousand to flight but two can put ten thousand to flight and I just I sense that the presence of God just abides in your house so strong. When people come into your home, they feel the presence of God, they feel the peace of God, and I feel the Lord saying that you guys are peacemakers. It's like even people uh, that are going through um, difficult things relationally, I see you being a a bridge that just brings healing into relationship. You're peacemakers that will bring peace into the storm, and even people that are uh, going through um, just stressful situations, people that are experiencing chaos will come into your midst or even walk into your home and walk into an atmosphere of peace and be Set free, because you're peacemakers. So, Father, we just release blessing, grace, and favor over them now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, bless you guys. Isn't Jesus fun? All right. Well, hey, um, this is what I want to do. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Matthew chapter nine. Matthew chapter nine. And I promise to let you get home by 1 a.m. tonight. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> Although my daughter, Autumn, didn't get to sleep till midnight last night. So thank you, Jesus. Pray for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. By the way, Anna um, stayed home with the girls tonight um, just because uh, they their, their sleep got a little off. So she had to stay home with them. But uh, Anna's going to preach tomorrow morning. And uh, it's going to be really, really good. So... It's going to be fun. I love it. She's beautiful and anointed. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) All right, Matthew 9, verse 35, it says this. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Everybody say every disease and sickness. Verse 36, when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So Jesus is talking about the vast multitudes of people who are lost who don't know him. He said, uh, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the, but the labors are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Earlier this year, uh, a general of the faith by the name of Billy Graham passed away, as probably all of you know, and went to be went to be with the Lord. It was actually on February 21st, the day before my birthday, and uh, it was a really interesting week. It was uh, after his passing, I just began to meditate on uh, just really the impact that this general had on not just the body of Christ, but really on the world. This was this was a man in the kingdom. Who ministered to the poorest of the poor, and also was an advisor to presidents. I don't know how many presidents of the United States, and would speak into their lives. And he was a man, an evangelist, who literally won thousands and thousands of people to Jesus in his in his events, in his stadium crusades. And uh, he was a man whose life, especially in uh, in in an hour where uh, the headlines were filled with with scandal that uh, men and women of God were involved with. Billy Graham was a man who just lived such a life of integrity above reproach, uh, and I just had the utmost respect for him. And uh, um, Billy Graham, I remember uh, in the early 2000s, I read his biography called Just As I Am, and it was to this day, I was telling um, Joe and Sarah and Ron and Teresa at lunch today, to this day, his biography is probably among the top three stories or books that I've read that have impacted my own life. Uh, being a young evangelist, myself, being a youth pastor in Canada, I remember uh, I worked you know, part-time at my church but part-time at a customer contact center as well, uh, and I worked in an environment where it was inbound calls, and depending on the project that we were working on, I could go hours without receiving a phone call especially when I worked the midnight to 8 a.m. shift and I became a supervisor, so it would just be me and a couple other people in there. We could go an entire shift without getting a phone call. It's like, thank you, Lord. So I just spent time with the Lord. I read books, you know, and it was like I felt set up. But I remember during that time going through Billy Graham's autobiography, just as I am, and, and just some interesting facts about Billy Graham. Billy Graham, growing up, his, his biggest fear was public speaking. <laughs> True story. He was terrified to speak in front of people. And then he got born again, got, got a hold of his life, and he got so gripped with a love for Jesus and a love for the simplicity of the gospel that he got set on fire. And I remember reading, like Billy Graham, he shares how in his, his first opportunity to preach he preached in front of this small crowd of people and he was studying he was preparing but he was really really nervous he said he knew about he had about 8 sermons prepared and he preached them all in 15 minutes <laughs> and then he gave an altar call and a bunch of people got saved you know just because because of the anointing and the passion that was on his life um but i was i was so impacted by him and uh um and and by his life but he went and he he passed away in uh february 21st of of this year Uh, but what's interesting about his passing is i believe that it became a time to not just honor a man of god that went before us and went to be with the lord but i believe that there is something prophetic about his passing and many prophetic voices including one well-known evangelist i won't say his name probably this whole room has heard of him, but it doesn't matter, prophesied that when both Oral Roberts, who is a healing evangelist of the 1940s and 50s, founded Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was a real catalyst in the healing movement in the the 40s and 50s and, 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 and much later as well. But he prophesied that when both Oral Roberts and Billy Graham go to be with the Lord, that it will mark prophetically a new era in the church and in the world and in the kingdom of God, and that the greatest revival to touch America and to touch planet Earth will begin to break out after the passing of both Oral Roberts and Billy Graham. So I want to prophesy and decree tonight that we are living in the most exciting time to be alive on planet Earth right now. I'm going to try this side of the room over here. (laughs) We are living in the most exciting time to be alive on planet Earth right now. That was much better. I'd give you guys a second chance, but it's okay. It's okay. But I really believe, and right now, the message is going forth where God isn't calling just a few evangelists or super apostles to bring the harvest, but I believe we're living in an hour where God wants to release a generation of Billy Graham's. We're living in an hour where God wants to call forth a generation of Oral Roberts with such an anointing and such a power and such an authority that entire cities and regions will get lit up by the kingdom of God. Listen, I really believe, and you know, I shared last night that God's doing such incredible stuff in our region, all up and down the I-35. I'm telling you, if God can do it in Texas, if God can do it in Redding, California, if God can do it in Pensacola, Florida, if he can do it in Toronto, Canada, he can do it in Spencer, Bloomington, Indiana, and this whole region. And I'm telling you, coming into this region, you can feel something in the atmosphere that something stirring. And I was just, I had a conversation with uh, Ron last night. He said what used to feel hard when they would like ask if they could pray for somebody and a lot of people would turn it down. Now has just become easy. I'd like to prophesy and declare and remind you that the harvest is ripe and people want to hear the gospel. There's a reason it's called good news. (laughs) I remember when I got saved, man, and a youth pastor shared the gospel with me. I'm like, are you kidding me? How come nobody told me this? Like salvation's free and I can have a personal relationship with Jesus. Like I can know him. I can feel his presence. I can experience him. See, I'm convinced that one of, one of, the, one of the things that we need to do if we want to see people come to know Jesus is we need to live our lives in such a way that people are convinced that we ha- what we have is authentic, what we have is real. And the more passionate we become about Jesus Christ, the more bold we become about the message of the gospel, the more people are going to actually understand that we have something that they want, something that they need. They don't want religion, but they really want Jesus. And I really believe that God is releasing a fresh revelation and a fresh love for the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ listen i really believe that in 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 uh the circles that That you guys run in the circles that I run in, whether it's the Bethel culture or global awakening or global celebration, charismania. I love it. I love the prophetic. I love revelation. I love insight. I love sitting under the ministry of someone like Bill Johnson where he just opens his mouth and you're like, are you kidding me? Just say that again, you know? And it's like a fire hose of revelation. I love that. But listen, don't ever allow a pressure to be profound distract you from the simplicity and the power of the gospel. It's just all about Jesus and what he did 2,000 years ago and the fullness of God that we can access through faith in Jesus. So I really believe that God is one, one of the things that he's doing is he's releasing a commission, a commissioning to the body of Christ to step into this lifestyle of not just praying for revival but becoming revival. So that everywhere we go, like the devil gets nervous. Like I want my life to be marked with boldness, courage and power and grace and passion for Jesus in such a way that I'm actually feared in hell. I'm telling you, God wants to light us up in such a way that the devil gets nervous when we wake up in the morning. We really should be the enemy's worst nightmare. And and I believe part of that is stepping into this thing where where we become living representations of Jesus, not just in word but in power, and we, and we put him on display everywhere we go. Does that make sense? So I want to talk just for a few minutes tonight, and then I'm going to pray for all of us. We're going to see what the Holy Spirit's going to do, but I want to share just a, a few just practical keys. As it pertains to the power of the gospel and and because here's the deal, you don't have to be an evangelist to evangelize. You don't have to be you don't have to have a title to lead people to Jesus. In fact, in Ephesians four, where it talks about, you know, the fivefold ministry, it says that God gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So the whole job of an evangelist isn't just to get people saved. It's to equip the church to get people saved. Does that make sense? So it's again, it's not just going to be a few, you know, super apostles or evangelists that lead people to Jesus. But there is an anointing and a power coming upon a generation. Look at all the young people in this room. What if every single person in this room just won three people to Jesus this year? How many people are in this room? Somebody just take a guess. There's no wrong answer. Just a guess. It's okay. Just say a guess. How many are in this room? What's that? 30? Okay. Let's just say there's 50 people in this room right now. Okay. If, every, if 50 people won three people to Jesus, that would be 150 people born again in this region. That's pretty cool. And I really believe God wants to commission us all. And here's the deal. Being an evangelist isn't a personality. It's not a personality type. It's just being convinced that what you have, people out there need. And you have the answer that they're looking for. And and you have have the answer. Jesus is the answer to every human problem. And it's all found in relationship with him. So one of the keys that I want to share if we want to be a people that become intentional about taking the gospel out there, because listen, I love good meetings, but the kingdom of God isn't, you know, revival's not going to transform cities through good meetings. The kingdom of God is going to transform regions when people get set on fire and then they go out there and release it into into the workplace, into the marketplace, into the grocery store, into into the into the colleges and universities. I'm telling you, God wants to set the university in Bloomington on fire with the power of the gospel. And it's going to happen maybe just through a few individuals that actually believe the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of them. And when they step out, something's gonna happen. So, so the first key that I want to share is this. We need to just we need to ask God to give us his heart of compassion for those that don't know him. It has to really, really matter to us that there's people out there that don't know Jesus. Like we need to take it personally. And we, we, we need to have our hearts gripped with the fact that there's people that don't know him yet. Shortly after I got saved, I would just, I would just pray through my entire neighborhood. My, and my heart would just break for my neighbors that didn't know him. And I would like go through every house. I, I would just be in my bedroom praying. And in my mind, I would go down all the streets and pray for every family. And next thing I know, here's the deal. The people that you start praying for you actually start to have authority to speak into their life. When we love people, we start to have influence over them. You can love people even from a distance and have influence over them. You can love people just in the prayer closet and your prayers will influence their life. And, And... and I just start to pray for my neighbors. See, it, it needs to matter to us that there's people that don't know Jesus. I love that uh, just, uh, just last night, uh, Tony and Kim brought some of their neighbors. They, just, they had a divine appointment with them. They invited them to church. They came. I don't even know if they know Jesus yet. And they got prayer, they got ministry. We got to love on them. Like, let's just live a lifestyle of of stopping for the one in front of us and reaching out to the people around us. Listen, if you don't feel like you have a heart for the lost, don't get condemned, don't wear shame, just repent. <laughs> just change your mind and say, "God, I want to have your heart for the lost. Give me your heart for those, Lord, give me your heart for my neighbors. Give give me your heart for the people that I work with." And and when we have when we ask God for a compassion for the lost, we'll we'll actually we'll actually Care about their soul, about their heart. And will start to be moved with intercession, with compassion. The second key that I want to share is this. Ask God for divine appointments. Every time I ask God to give me divine appointments, he gives me divine appointments. Ask God to set you up throughout your day. I remember when I was in high school, it happened all the time. I'd be like, I'd be like, God, just give me divine appointments today. Allow conversations to just go toward Jesus. I remember uh, being, I was on, I was in this course or in this class called outdoor science because it sounded fun. And I knew that part of the class was we would go camping with our, with our whole class. I'm like, that sounds amazing. I'll take outdoor science. So I'm in this class, and we're in outdoor science, and and, uh, you know, and I'm staying in a tent with a few of my friends. And even though I was born again on fire for God, a lot of my friends were just hippies that you know smoked drugs. But, but they were my friends, and I loved them. And I remember I was, I was going to share a tent with them, and I'm like, God, give me divine appointments with them. Because when we're laying there in our tent, I know we're going to be talking about stuff. Give me a divine appointment. Let the topic of Jesus come up. And sure enough, the topic of Jesus came up. I felt the presence of God fill, fill the tent. And I just I got to preach the gospel. I got to share my testimony. By the way, if you're like, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to, how to share the gospel. Just share your testimony. I have a friend who said, if you don't know what to do, just buy somebody a cheeseburger and share your testimony. You know, when he when he first got saved and became an evangelist, he's like, that's all I knew how to do. I knew how to buy somebody a cheeseburger, share my testimony, and I knew John 316. And that's all it took because people just started getting born again all around him. Because it's not about how many scriptures we know. It's not about, you know, how well versed we are in scripture. I mean, that's all important. But all you need to know is what God has done for you and what he wants to do for them. And then you open your mouth you take steps of faith and then you allow god to use you listen i believe there are angels assigned to our life to help us lead people to jesus and sometimes our angels are walking around bored (laughs) because we're just not giving them anything to do but if we will say god i pray that you would just give me compassion for the lost i pray that you give me divine appointments and then and then when you have the divine appointments you or even if you You know, even if you just see somebody like, you know, walking on crutches, you're like, maybe God wants to heal them. And that will be an avenue for me to share the gospel with them. The other key that I want to share is this. We just need to know how to step past our fear and just do it. Prophet Nike got it right a long time ago when when he said, "Just, just do it. Sometimes you just need to do something. And see Courage isn't the absence of fear it's just not allowing fear to tell us what to do right Courage isn't the absence of fear it's just not allowing fear to be our boss like I still I still feel fear you know I was coming I was going up or down the elevator today a bunch of people got in the elevator I felt I felt a twinge of back pain I thought somebody in the elevator had back pain I thought they can't get away right now, <laughs> at least until we're at, you know, floor such and such. I felt nervous, but I've made a decision that n- my my nerves, my emotions, and my fear don't get to tell me what to do. I haven't received a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So I just said, hey, this might sound crazy, but do one of you have back pain? And like I've become – I've just – grown to be okay with awkward silence sometimes (laughs) you know it's like who cares you know in in third world countries people are being thrown in prison and put to death for preaching the gospel here people just get a little uncomfortable (laughs) and we might feel a little nervous like sometimes we just need to get over ourselves you know so I just I say hey do any of you have back pain and uh they're like Nope. And like they kind of all said one at a time. They're all kind of like looking at me. Like they don't even really know each other. And they're like, no, I don't have back pain. I'm like, nope, mine's pretty good. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, that's good. And I didn't even give them an explanation. I just stared at them. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of them, I like felt like he had to kind of break the silence a little bit. And he's like, "He's like, why were you just picking up on that? I go, yeah, I was just picking up on that. I thought someone had back pain. But maybe it's someone later. And he's like, okay, cool. I'm like, yeah see ya. (laughs) You know, and I just let them get off the elevator. It's like, because who cares? And there's times where that happens. I'll just walk up to, you know, I'll I'll ask a stranger, hey, do you have pain in your knee? They're like, no. I'm like, awesome. And I'll just walk away. (laughs) But there's also times where I'll say, do you have this? And they're like, how did you know that? And I'm like, Well, I'm a Christian and God just showed me, can I pray for you? And they're like, they're like, sure. I'm telling you, I have never felt, I've never experienced people more open to prayer, people more open to the gospel than I do this day. People are open. People are ripe. It's like fruit, like low-bearing fruit that's just ready to to drop. We just need to step out and say, God, give me compassion for the lost. God, give me divine appointments. And then when the divine appointments are in front of you, we have a decision. Are we going to allow fear keep us back? Or are we going to step past our fear and step over the chicken line? And see what God does. I'm convinced that some of our greatest breakthroughs are just on the other side of our fear. Some of our greatest breakthroughs are just on the other side of risk. Of us just stepping over that chicken line. Past our fear. and, 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 And just stepping out in boldness. Okay? And uh, some of you have heard the story. I was in Australia, and we're, we're at, we come out of a meeting. My heart's just burning for the gospel. We go to a coffee shop. My heart's just burning for the people that don't know Jesus. It's it's like summer break. So you know, students and and college students are all over the city, and uh, and I just felt like I just can't go home right now. I'm like, we just encountered the, the raw power and presence of God in this church meeting. But there's people all over this city that don't know Jesus. I just can't go to sleep right now. So we're about to get in the car, and I said to my host, I'm like, dude, can we just go walk around a little bit and see what happens? He's like, totally. So we're like walking down the street. We walk in front of a bar, and there's a crowd of young people. I said, hey. They said, yeah. I said, we're a group from California, and we pray for people and see people heal. Do any of you have pain in your body? And one of them rats out his friend. He goes, yeah, he has back pain. He was complaining about it earlier today. And, then, and one of the young men said that he was a Christian as well. So I said, you're a Christian? He said, yeah. I'm like, awesome. You're going to pray for his back. He goes, what? I go, yeah. Watch this. Put your hand on his back. I was like, I was just, I was feeling that, that spirit of boldness, that spirit of I don't care. I'm like, put your hand on his back. He puts his hand on his back. I said, repeat this after me. Kingdom of God, come. He goes, kingdom of God, come. All pain go, he goes, all pain go, be healed in Jesus name. He goes, be healed in Jesus name. I go, Nick, try to do something you couldn't do. He bends down, touches his toes, straightens back up, drops the F-bomb and says, holy blank. What the blank did you just do to my back? I I couldn't touch my toes since I was 12 years old. And I said, that's amazing that's jesus and the and the young man that got healed starts grabbing people that are walking by all of a sudden he's an evangelist even though he's not saved yet (laughs) and he's grabbing people and he's like come meet my friends who just healed my back you know and uh and so now this small crowd gathers around and we just start to prophesy over them call the gold out in them tell them the things that we see in them and then i just shared the gospel message i'm like listen Many of you have maybe been to church, have gone through the motions, and maybe you've had some experience in church. Maybe you got bored. I said, I'm not talking about like rules and regulations. I'm talking about a true, authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. He's real. He's right here, right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you want to have a relationship with the same Jesus who just healed Nick's back and just spoke to all of you um, some things that there's no way that we could know? I said, we can pray right now and ask him to come into your life. And one of, the, one of the young ladies goes, can we hold hands as we pray? I said, absolutely. So right there in a circle, held hands, prayed. They prayed a prayer to get born again, to give their life to Jesus, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And all that night, Nick is like te- texting our host, being like, you guys are amazing. Where do you go to church? How can I get involved? Just because we just took a step of faith and just decided to do something. In fact, God didn't even say, see that group of people over there? Go get their attention and see if they need healing. No, I just know that Jesus is the healer, and he wants to heal people everywhere we go. So, you know, because he said in John 14, he said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And then he said this. He said, and even greater works because I go to my Father who is in heaven. So I just give God something to work with. You say, well, what if they don't get healed? It's okay. What if they do? You know? So I just just said, hey, let's see what happens here. (laughs) Hey, who has pain in their body? He does. Just take a step of faith, pray for him. They get impacted. They get born again. Every single one of us can do this. You don't have to be somebody that stands behind a pulpit. You don't have to be somebody that's been to seminary. Jesus didn't say these signs shall follow those who have gone to Bible Bible school for 10 years. (laughs) He didn't say these signs shall follow those who have fasted and prayed for two months and now they're finally ready. He said, no, these signs shall follow those who believe. Your only job. One day the disciples came up to Jesus or the, the religious leaders. They said, "They said, what are the works of God that we may do them? And Jesus said, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he sent. Jesus, Jesus just said, that's the requirement. He who believes in me, these signs will follow or the, he who believes in me, the same works I do, he will do also and even greater works. All it takes is faith the size of a mustard seed, enough faith to do, just take a step of faith and see what happens. John Wimber, founder of the Vineyard Movement, used to say all the time, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And it's just about a lifestyle of taking risk. So we need to ask God for his compassion for the lost. We need to ask God for divine appointments. We need to ask him for uh, uh courage and boldness, and then we just need to step out and do it. So, you know, I shared the story about when we were in Mexico. We're doing ministry on the beach. There's a, there's a big stage on the beach, and there's a cell phone company, and there's there's there, there's music playing, there's there's dance videos, and it's spring break. So there's, you know, in America, so there's a bunch of tourists all over the beach, and we're doing some evangelism. We walk past the beach and die and up. Uh, I, I lean over to my leader. I'm like, dude, let's go ask them for the sound system. If we can use their microphone to call it words of knowledge for healing to the entire beach. And I was kind of kidding. <laughs> but my friend Chris, who is leading the group, is Puerto Rican and really intense. And he got that look in his eye like, that's exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> so we like him and I head to the stage. And he's like, God, show us who we're supposed to talk to. And then he sees somebody and he's and he's like, it looks like that guy's in charge. So he's like, hey, we're a, we're a group of miracle workers from all over the world. <laughs> and it was true, because there was people from all over the world on our team. He said, we're a group of miracle workers. He didn't even say Christians. He said, we're a group of miracle workers from all over the world, and if you're interested, we'd like to offer our services for free for your event today. <laughs> and the guy that was in charge goes, can you come back at four? We're like, we're like kind of surprised. We're like, totally. So we go get the group. We go get lunch. We come back, and the guy goes, here's the microphone. Here's the sound system. It's yours. We'll be back in an hour and a half. Do whatever you want. Gave us the entire stage, the entire sound system. So we grab our translator. We're like, go up on the stage and tell the entire beach that if they have pain in their body, if anybody has pain and they need a miracle in their body to come, and there's miracle workers here ready to pray for them. The translator's like, I've never done anything like this before. We're like, it's cool. Neither have we just go up and say that to the beach, (laughs) right? We're giving God something to work with. So he goes up and he announces to the beach. If you need pain in your body, come forward. So people just start gathering in the front of the stage, and like we have, like, two translators, and there's 15 or 17 of us on the team, so we're all, like, fighting over these translators, and I'm going from group to group to see what's happening, and I go up to one group who's praying for this one gentleman, and I'm like, what's going on with him? They said he has a dislocated shoulder. We've prayed for him, but it's, it's still in pain, and I just felt like a grace to lead him to Jesus. I just... I've just decided that a key, and this is another key for sharing the gospel and moving in the power of the gospel is don't trust in your own ability. Trust the gospel itself. Paul said in Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God. So I don't trust in my own ability. I trust the the gospel works by itself. The Holy Spirit backs up the gospel. It's not an it's not just one of many options. It is the option. Jesus is the way to the Father, and you and I know what it is. So therefore, when we tell somebody the way to the Father in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is there, ready to back up your words, ready to release miracles, ready to release power. These signs will follow those that believe. Part of believing is believing in the power of the gospel. Is this helping anybody? It's not how well you articulate. It's not whether or not you're a preacher. It's not whether or not you've been to Bible school. It's just trusting the gospel itself. It's it's the simplicity of the gospel, okay? So I felt this grace to lead this guy to the Lord. So I'm just like, hey, do you know Jesus? This is all through a translator. Do you know Jesus? He's like, no. Do you want to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and come live inside of you right now? He's like, see. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. Repeat after me. And I led him to Jesus, and, I, and then I said, Repeat after me, Jesus, I received my healing. He said, Jesus, I received my healing. I said, lift your arm. He lifts it higher, higher, higher. His eyes get big. Tears come down his cheeks. And then he runs to the stage and asks for the microphone and announces to the entire beach what Jesus just did for him. And it's like he began to testify of what Jesus just did. Now, now one, of the, one of the keys of moving in miracles is the power of the testimony. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And and the one of the Hebrew root words for the word testimony, and we just sang it, literally means to do it again. Okay, so when we share a testimony, what we're doing is we're releasing a prophetic grace for God to do the same thing again. When you share a testimony, let's just say you had... Uh, cancer and you you were healed of cancer, when you, if you share your testimony to other people that have cancer, you're prophesying their healing for cancer. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So he shares his testimony and all of a sudden as he shares it, people just start getting healed. And in about an hour and a half, we saw 50 to 60 people physically healed and born again and give their life to Jesus. Can we thank the Lord for that? Isn't that amazing? So then the guy, the guy who uh, got healed wanted me to meet his friends and family who were like drinking Coronas and <laughs> having like, you know, and we're grilling under this like canopy further down the beach. So I grabbed the, grab the translator and we head down the beach and he introduces me to them. And all through the translator, I said, you know, this guy, they're like, see, I'm like, he had a really injured shoulder. They're like, see, he couldn't even move it. They're like, see, I'm like, We prayed for him and he's totally healed. They're like, see, and through the translator, I'm like, do you want to give your life to the Jesus who just healed him? And they're like, "Okay." (laughs) it's, you know, and so right there through the translator, there's about 17 of them. They all prayed to give their life to Jesus and get born again. And see, it's it's simple. It's just it's the simplicity of the gospel. It's putting the love and power of God on display And then giving people an invitation to surrender their life to Jesus. I was on my way to a wedding in Canada and I'm sitting on the airplane. And uh, I was living in California at the time, but I'm going to uh, Saskatchewan, Canada. I'm sitting beside a young man from Stockton, California, uh, maybe early 20s, late teens. He was a little nervous, he never flew before. So I'm just kind of like, you know, letting him know it's gonna be okay. And I'm like, yeah, when you get off the plane, you there's a screen that will tell you, you know, uh, what gate you need to go to. And I'm just chatting with him. And then I just thought to myself, this guy might not know Jesus. I'm just gonna share the gospel with him. So we get off the plane we're walking up the the ramp, the tarmac, whatever, up off the airplane, and people are, like, going all, all you know, past us. I stopped beside him. He's actually waiting for his uh, gate-checked luggage, I think. And I'm like, hey, uh, I said, has anybody ever told you what it means to be born again? He goes, no. I said, is it okay if I just share with you what it means to be born again? He goes, sure. So I just shared my testimony, shared the gospel. I, and then I said, do you want to be born again right now? He goes, okay and he prayed with me and gave his life to Jesus right there. Like sometimes we think it needs to be this really dramatic, supernatural event when sometimes it's just sharing your faith, asking somebody if they want to know Jesus and give their life to him right there and letting them make a decision. And every single one of us can do this, whether you're 4 years old, 7 years old or 70 years old, we if you are born again and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you have everything that you need to lead people into an encounter with God, to lead people into salvation. And I am convinced that God wants to transform entire cities all of Monroe County, Owen County. He wants to set ablaze with the power of the gospel, with the presence of God, with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But but here's the thing. God doesn't want us to just pray for revival. He wants us to become revival. And part of that is just embracing and falling in love with the simplicity and the beauty of the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. So Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he might send laborers into the harvest field. Now, here's, what, here's what's really, really interesting about this passage of Scripture is, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up if you don't mind, and we're going we're gonna to do a little bit of ministry, and, and that is this. Jesus said in Matthew 9 pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers out into the harvest field and Then the very next chapter in Matthew chapter 10 verse 1 listen to this He told them to pray that God would send out labors. Okay, and then in Matthew 10 verse 1 listen to this And when he had called his 12 disciples to him He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness, and all kinds of disease. Now listen to this for a minute. Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest field. So I'm assuming they pray. They're like, okay, let's pray that God sends out workers. And then Jesus is like, hey guys, come here for a minute. I'm gonna give you power to go out and heal the sick, cast out devils, to preach the gospel, to lead people to him. It's like Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. And then he made them the answer to their own prayer. (laughs) And I like to tell people like, it's not enough to just pray for revival. We need need to be willing to be the answer to our own prayer. When you pray that God sends revival, he's like, okay, I'm gonna answer your prayer. I'm gonna make you revival. I'm going to make you the very answer for the things. So when you pray for your neighborhood, that your neighbor, your neighbors get born again, you need to be willing to step over the chicken line and actually share the gospel with them, pray for them, just love on them, and, 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 and just put the love and power of God on display and become the answer for your own prayer. And I really believe that tonight, it's like God wants to release a commissioning. Where he would just give us a fresh boldness, a fresh courage, and a fresh compassion for those that don't know Jesus. Every single one of us in this room can probably think of somebody that doesn't know him. God wants to give you a heart of compassion for them and then an opportunity to share your faith with them. My friend Richie, who pastored in Canada for a lot of years and now he lived in Reading for a while as well in California where I lived. Just has such a love for people and for souls and seeing them come to know him that one day he was he was in a coffee shop in Reading. He wasn't even a ministry school student. He just attended Bethel Church and worked at Home Depot but really loved Jesus, really loves Jesus and really loves people and loves to share the gospel. And he's sitting in a coffee shop having coffee with a friend, and, sorry, I thought you said my name. (laughs) And he's having coffee with a friend, and he felt like the Lord said, I want you to go share the gospel, or I want you to go minister to that couple that's out sitting in the parking lot right now in their car. And when he walked closer to the car, he saw this man and woman having a, a fight, a really intense argument, like, the last people you want to approach, but he's learned to just obey and to obey quickly. So he's like Jesus. Give on his way there. He's like, "Give me a word. Give me a word." He's not getting anything, but J- Jesus is like, "Go and I'll and I'll and I'll like I'll fill your mouth when you open it." And he goes there, and he like he si- he signals to the guy to roll his window down. The guy's like, "What do you want?" And uh, he's like, "He's like, look, uh, I see you're having an intense conversation." I don't mean any disrespect. And then God dropped a word into his heart. And he said, I feel like God wants you to know you have a daughter, don't you? And he said, yeah. He said, the Lord wants you to know that your daughter really, really needs you. The couple, they both start weeping. And they said, you don't understand. Richie said, what are you talking about? They said, we're, we're having an intense argument. And, and what we're discussing is how we're going to commit couple suicide tonight. And God arrested their hearts through a word of knowledge and and said, your daughter really, really needs you. They got born again right there and gave their life to Jesus and didn't do, obviously, what they were about to do. Can we thank God for that? Richie tells his friend who he had coffee with in the coffee shop, who's who's still there, and his friend goes out into the parking lot and he sees, he's just so fired up about the testimony. He's like, I got to tell somebody. So he sees this young man walking across the parking lot and he goes, hey, and he couldn't hear him because he had earphones in. So Richie's friend chases after this guy, catches up to him and taps him on the shoulder. He's like, hey, and the guy goes, yeah, what do you want? He said, you wouldn't believe what just happened. The guy's like, what are you talking about? And he began to tell them the testimony of the two people that were about to take their own life and just got born again. The guy is absolutely shocked. And he said, you have no idea. He said, I was on my way tonight to take my own life. And that guy got born again and gave his life to Jesus right there. Now, only God can arrange that and set that up. But I am convinced that God can speak to somebody like Richie, somebody like Richie's friend, to do those sorts of things simply because they've made themselves available. They've said, God, here I am. Send me, send me wherever you wanna send me. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll talk to whoever you want me to talk to. And I believe that even tonight, God wants to set us free from the fear of man. He wants to break off just this thing of what, you know, just being concerned about what we look like, what people will think. He wants to set us so free with love for people and love for the gospel that everywhere we go, we just tell people about him. We pray for them. We represent Jesus. We put his love and we put his power on display. And if you want that, I just want you to stand stand to your feet right where you are. If you just want a fresh infilling and a fresh commissioning to take the message of the gospel, the love and power of God with you everywhere you go. For some of you, it's your immediate family. For some of you, it's your relatives. For some of you, it's people you work with. For, for some of you, it might be people that come into your business. God wants to use you. I'm convinced that everywhere we go, everywhere we live, we live there for a purpose because God wants us to affect the people around us. So if that's you, you say, God, I want to make myself available to be used by you the way that you want to use me. I just want you to lift your hands to Jesus and say, God, here I am. Here I am, send me. Wow. Father, all over the room, I pray that you would hear their prayers and just in your own way, in fact, out loud, I want you to say, Jesus, here I am, send me. Here I am, use me. Say, Jesus, give me your heart of compassion for the lost, give me a spirit of boldness. Give me a fresh baptism of fire. Wow. Set me free from the fear of man. And fill me afresh with the fear of God. Give me the spirit of I don't care. And make me your messenger. Even now, God, here I am. Send me. Use me. Set me on fire. Yeah, just let him rest on you right now. Just stay in that place and just let the Holy Spirit rest on you. More, Lord. Wow. More, Lord. More, Lord. More of your presence. More Holy Spirit all over this room. Father, I pray that you would even bring to mind people who we're about to have contact with. Bring to mind people who we're about to have a divine appointment with. Lord, all over the room, bring people. And as God brings somebody to your mind, I just want you to begin to pray for them. Just begin to pray that God would give you an opportunity to share your faith, to minister to them, to put his love on display. All over this room, Lord, bring people to our hearts, bring people to our minds, more Holy Spirit, more of your presence, more of your presence, more of your presence, more Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message.